Hey everybody, it's Joe Trippy, and welcome back to That Trippy Show. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great holiday break. This week, lots to get into. I don't think I'll ever get sick of saying this, but more good economic news. Also, it's been three years now since the January 6th insurrection, and I think the contrast between what Joe Biden is doing and what MAGA did have never been clearer. With Iowa just days away, Alex already asked me to put my campaign manager hat back on. Alex, where should we get started? Well, hold off on the hat for a minute. Let's let's start off with some good news. Like I said, Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, at the risk of repeating ourselves, we keep getting more good economic news. Uh, Joe, I don't want to spend too much time on this. We've spent our last couple of shows talking about it. But what's important is not just the the numbers, but it seems like the news coverage of the economy is getting a little better. Are, are you seeing the same thing? And, and, and why is that so important? Yeah. I mean, again, it's the lag that I keep talking about, but you're starting to see it. Axios headline, why 2024 could be the year of American optimism. Another Axios headline, That's inflation like might that. fall below 2% this year. You know, the, the quote from Axios, the big picture, the U.S., boasts the strongest economy of any rich nation, the much-predicted 2023 recession failed to appear, employment has remained robust, real wages have been rising, and the outlook for 2024 is similarly healthy. What were they all doing <laughs> all of last year? No one was saying this, except the one thing I kept saying, I'll keep saying, is that there's a lag between consumer confidence, and then you start seeing, and these kind of headlines, and when you start seeing voters react to it with approval ratings and better feelings about the economy, it's not like, oh yeah, someone flicked the switch and everybody goes, after feeling lousy for a couple of years because of COVID, supply chain issues, uh, inflation, gas prices, it doesn't just turn. It takes time. and But we're seeing it, and I'm even more confident today that three to six months from now, uh, you'll be seeing these numbers in polls and the headlines will, it will be, it, you know, same thing. What recession, what red wave, no one, you know, it, it, it's really going to turn here. I think it's, it is turning. Well, Hey, there's a reason we keep hitting this and I, I we don't need to spend too much time on it, but every time we call out one of these headlines, the reason we do that is voters read these, voters see these, they affect them. And so the more coverage of the good news, the better off we are. And the more coverage without the parenthetical, hey, you know, unemployment is falling in parentheses. Here's why that's, it's like the most ridiculous. So so here, yeah, no, hearing the headline remember, helps. We were just went through over a year of all doom and gloom headlines, you know, recession, 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 and, and Republicans screaming, and you know, recession, 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 uh, inflation, gas prices, gas prices, gas prices. They're running out of that stuff. It doesn't. It's not happening anymore. We're now, I think, uh, for the first time, gas prices are under three dollars uh, a gallon out there. And you know, and you got everyone now. You know, every major pharma company out there has reduced uh, their insulin costs to everybody. It, yes, it was officially capped at thirty-five. Medicare, but now it's officially capped with everybody because they're all standing, getting in line and, and uh, following that deal, which I, you know, we keep bringing up, this is a huge deal, but people are just going to this month, start feeling that. That's a huge deal. I mean, it, it, there are going to be these 
echoes now as the actual things that look some big legislation was passed in at this point geez two two and a half years ago now a lot of it is just now either coming into effect or 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 kind of really starting to set in so hopefully yeah. that will that will no, continue no, my Joe, anything else in the economy before when they, we move on when they when they uh, did that tweet saying hey you know joe's been saying this about the economy for months and i was like yeah well i've said a lot of things for months <laughs> for months, I know people keep repeating, you know, but Trump's weaker than people think. Biden's going to be stronger in three to six months on the economy. You know, Iowa, second place in Iowa is going to matter. And Trump can be defeated in New Hampshire, uh, which, you know, we'll see that all if the, the last two uh, happened. But it's just comes from the experience of being through the that many presidentials and, and understanding the lag between the economic numbers and how that happens. That Trippy Show will always be free with support from our advertisers, and we try to work with partners we believe in. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. When you keep what's stressing you bottled up, it can really start to drag you down. That's where therapy can help. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Trippy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Trippy. So we're, we're three years out from January 6th at this point when most people listen to it. We're recording it, I think, on the 4th at this point. Uh, so people should hear it over the weekend on Friday when you, whenever you download this. But it, clearly, the Biden campaign is is pushing pretty hard to remind voters what happened three years ago. Um, it's actually kind of like they're listening to this podcast, which is what we need to do. But uh, we're still learning just how deep this rabbit hole goes, but you know, with new revelations all the time. But you know, it, it, Joe, we've been repeating ourselves about January sixth being really important too. Why is that? Look, look, it's the contrast. I mean, it's the same. Look, and we've repeated ourselves here again, but um, the contrast between Trump and MAGA in 2020 with Joe Biden and, you know, the crazy candidates that the MAGA folks uh, nominated with Trump's help, you get that contrast is what I think between Trump and the chaos and, and yes, boring, calm uh, Joe Biden is what made 2020, you know, made Joe able to win in 2020. I think the same thing in 2022, that contrast between, um, uh, again, after January 6th, but, it, you know, the craziness of MAGA became, and the dangerousness of it, uh, and, and Trump's speech um, and his incitement uh, became clearer. And by 2022, the big red wave never came. It wasn't obviously because the economy was roaring, <laughs> the red wave didn't come. It was because of this contrast. And I think that's what is really important that the Biden campaign is embarking on when they uh, you, you know, are basically using the anniversary of January 6th to launch the contrast of this campaign coming up. And so that's really what I think is, is very important because it is that contrast that will save the democracy, that will get enough people to focus and, and to understand what the stakes are. And while that's going on at the same time, if some of the weight, some of the anchors around Biden, like 
the economy, you know, the, the economy uh, coming out of COVID that was dragging him down in approval numbers, those weights are going to get far less weighty. And, but the contrast and the constant reminder of how dangerous and out there MAGA is, and, and the, the other thing is the contrast between how cult-like in terms of the media coverage that these people have siloed themselves into is just, I think, going to become clearer and clearer. And I think uh, that will be the thing that as the weights come off of Biden, that contrast is going to become clear for a bunch of reasons. Trump, they're not going to be able to hide Trump starting, you know, after Iowa here. Uh, they'll, you know, they've been doing a very good job of sort of keeping him out of the major focus. That's not going to happen. He'll be more focused and the chaos will be at, uh, and, and I think the Biden campaign putting the focus and the contrast on January 6th is, is pretty critical. Well, you talk about repeating ourselves. You got to look at what they're doing on the other side, right? You look at Fox yeah. News and and there's data on this, which I'm, I'm glad we're getting to. You're probably saying, Joe, Joe, we get it. We get it. It's the contrast. It's the economy. Got it. Here's a new poll from the Washington Post, University of Maryland. And this is all about really all around January 6th. 39% of the people who say that Fox News is their top source think the FBI, quote, organized and encouraged January 6th. Four in 10 Fox viewers think this thing was an FBI conspiracy. Just, I, I, I'm trying to figure out a way to put that in other words, but that is just absolutely nuts. But there's more. 69% think there is solid evidence unquote, of widespread 2020 voter fraud, which less surprised Fox News viewers. But this is the one that really got me, Joe. More people, 32% of people that watch Fox News think that the people that entered the Capitol on January 6th, and entered is the wrong word, stormed the Capitol, I think is a better word. They think, 32% think they defended democracy. Only 22% think they they threatened it. So, so yeah, think about the repetition they're getting on the other side, right? Yeah, but that's the, the key thing here is that this, these are Fox viewers and 22% of them, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that it, you know, more think they were defending democracy. Those people were defending democracy and threatened it. But 22% of Fox viewers believe they were threatening democracy. So that's why I think, again, the Biden, you know, campaign making that case, reminding people uh, of that threat, uh, and uh, and Trump will do that as well with his threats to of revenge and to go after everybody. That twenty two percent, you know, those are voters that I don't know. Do they stay home? Do they basically do what a lot of those um, suburban Republican women did? You know, basically cross the aisle for the first time in their lives and vote vote for uh, a Democrat. Enough have, enough younger Republicans, enough uh, of those suburban women, uh, college-educated Republicans, uh, business-oriented Republicans. But like you're looking here now at, you know, Fox viewers. We're, we're talking about that same group, by the way, who believe that the FBI organized the thing <laughs> and that there was solid evidence of Voter fraud, even within that group, 22% think that January 6th was uh, people who were threatening democracy. So I think, you know, again, it just points up that's the contrast. That's what this is really about. 
Um, Biden talks about fighting for the soul of the nation, and the soul of the nation right now is democracy itself. Uh, and I think it's really important what the the Biden campaign is doing by laying that out as the major stakes. And I, I think we haven't really done one of these in a while. We we got into it at the beginning of last year when the coverage was really bad. But the idea that just really breaking into that echo chamber, those silos that Fox and, and right-wing media, and, and Fox is far from the worst offender, but they're probably the biggest, um, just understanding just how my favorite over over Christmas, Joe, was so we got all these economic numbers. They're great. Consumer confidence, all-time high, record retail sales for Christmas. And Fox had a very serious panel. I think it was probably the five, so that explains it. It was a very serious panel. And well, the, there's the no way was, it could be a very serious panel if it was yeah, the five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Alex, well, come on. Well, no, oh, they were very dour. <laughs> okay. And they said they said retailer and I just remember the Chiron, it was retailers brace for record returns of unwanted holiday gifts. And it's like, so that's, but that's what they took. They took all the economic news. They saw all these headlines that said biggest buying season in decades by proportion of, of, of household income, income going up, consumer confidence up. And they said, well, if you're buying more, then you're probably going to return more. And that's bad for the retailers. I, I just think that the focus on the negative that, that a lot of our viewers who probably don't listen to Fox News on a day-to-day -day basis understand just how far they're willing to go and just how consistent they are on repeating the negativity. And that's, again, that's how you get four, four in 10 Americans thinking that the FBI was behind January 6th. Yeah, no, it's a propaganda machine and it's going to continue spewing the propaganda. And when you, uh, you know, as Trigvi Olson tells us, when you have a, a, a major party that amplifies that and spreads the disinformation and the propaganda, then you're, 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 you're basically two-fifths of the way there to an autocratic party taking over uh, the democracy. The rest is money, you know, legal arguments and the rest, which, you know, and, and a plan to take out the government once you get in. And right now, Trump's putting all of those in place. Uh, and you're not going to see that coverage on Fox. Uh, instead, they'll be uh, they won't be, re you know, reporting any of the stuff about, you know, the recordings of him trying to pressure uh, Michigan Board of Canvassers not to certify the election. Uh, they're not going to see a lot of the coverage of Trump's lawyers alleging that all kinds of fraud conspiracy theories and their legal defenses of Trump have been debunked. But the longer this goes on, you, you know, I think, and, and the more Trump starts to get out there, I mean, at some point, like if Nikki... Haley gives him, and he's already seeing this. If he get, if, you know, he's already saying that if one of them beats him in, uh, you know, in Iowa or New Hampshire, it's because it was rigged, you know, because it was all stacked against him. I mean, he'll be, I think, showing up. Uh, I think he will help put that contrast in voters' minds again, even when, and who knows, maybe Fox will start to, to do it. It's interesting that 22% of their audience believes that the January 6th was the a threat to democracy. So we'll see. Well, you, I mean, you got to believe a lot of the people that were kind of turned off on Fox probably left. I think one of the, it was like 20% lost faith in Fox after, after Dominion. I'm curious if some of those stayed or left, probably some left. Yeah. But they're also losing faith in new faith in Newsmax and the, some of these other, I mean, the, you look at the viewership yeah, numbers, ratings the are ratings down. are down. So, you know, uh, you know, maybe there's just no, you know, the other thing is they just be going to darker places on the internet where they get the you know, get to bathe in the crap um, that they, they want to. That would be, I, I, I think that's 
probably what it is, like the the Telegram channels, et cetera, that are just these kind of closed ecosystems without inconvenient things like the truth coming yeah, in. Yeah, but this also gets back to something I've been saying, you know, because like, wow, why do you think Trump's weaker than you always say Trump's weaker than people think? Why? Well, you know, the, the when you think about the contrast that that Biden's laying out there over January 6th. And then you got to remember how a third of Republicans said they won't vote for Trump if he's convicted of a crime. So we have to keep reminding voters of what's going on, because frankly, that 31% is interesting. They must already have some doubts, right? If, gosh, I'm not going to vote for that guy if he committed a crime. Well, you know, it might be really good. But frankly, I'd, I hope that some of that 22% uh, who think that the January 6th was a threat to democracy are in that group of the 31. I mean, there's, there's some, some overlap here of people who absolutely are thinking hard about, are they really going to vote for Trump again? And again, I think that third of Republicans who say that they won't vote for him if he's convicted of a crime are people we want to reach. We want to make sure that they are confronted with what January 6th was that they've in, in a, in, you know, and, and make them think about that. And again, I think if that's the contrast for a year, for the f next year, while the economy gets stronger, where it's tougher for the Republicans to scream inflation, gas prices, and, you know, you, you know, God knows what they'll do if gas prices get to $1.90 a gallon, you know, uh, I guess they'll keep screaming it. Uh, and of course, they're going to do, you know, uh, caravans coming across the border. They're going to come into your city and kill you and come into your suburbs. Um, they're not sending us the best, even though, you know, basically they haven't done a damn thing and will not do a damn thing. In fact, they're saying it out loud. I'm not going to do anything on on immigration and help uh, help Biden's reelection. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just crazy. All right, Joe. Iowa's less than two weeks away. We told we told listeners at the top you'd put your hat back on. Again, very visual medium here. But I want you to take us into the various campaign kind of operations right now and just tell us what they should be doing. So let's start in Iowa. Two weeks out, Trump's very clearly the front runner. What does his campaign what what should they be doing right now in a caucus state like Iowa over these last two weeks or so? Well, they're just going to turn out the votes they've got. They're going to, they, they already know who their supporters are. They know they're around 50, 52, 48, uh, and they're going to turn them out. The problem is that won't matter. Uh, no one gives a damn whether Trump gets, you know, 51 or 49 uh, percent of the vote. Uh, they all, everybody knows he's going to win. So the only question, uh, so he can't impact the only question that matters. Uh, and that is, please, God, tell us who the hell the challenger is. Um, because the you know, no one's emerged from the debates, Nikki Haley a little, DeSantis, everybody thought was going to be the big challenger. He's fallen apart. But could he still win Iowa, uh, take second in Iowa? Excuse me. So that's like, in, in the end, there's not a whole lot uh, that Trump can do in Iowa. They'll do what they, they, what they can, which is turn out their votes. But it's unlikely that you know they're going to have much impact on the outcome. Is there a scenario where the Trump campaign spends some time, given they have this thing pretty much locked up in Iowa, they spend their time and resources trying to get somebody else close enough to second to make this 
less of a kind of momentum builder for whoever wins. Yeah, sure. You can you can try to do that. It's very hard to do though with with Trump's base. I mean, it, it you don't have a very pragmatic base here where you can say to people, hey, you know, maybe you want to think about DeSantis and helping DeSantis out a little bit. And they, they, where the, the MAGA won't look at him and go like, what the hell are you hit you know, the staffer and, and, and you know and, and push back on that. They could you know, basically phone DeSantis people and say, make sure you vote um, if that's what they want. But in the end, it's very hard for a front runner to impact that kind of stuff. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, I wouldn't put it past them <laughs> for playing every single one of those kind of games. I just, it, my experience in Iowa, uh, it's a very difficult thing to do. First of all, it, it hurts you with Iowans. They, they, they won't even appreciate uh, what you're trying to do there. Um, and see it as, you know, underhanded, dirty. And, and what it is, I don't know, maybe maybe Trump supporters will be into that, but I don't think so. So then, so let's let's go now to DeSantis and Haley, mostly Haley here, but what, what do they need to be doing right now besides in anything other than just turning out whoever they've got to try to get that extra one, 2%? Because I mean, this could be, I know you, you like the phrase dead in an Iowa cornfield. I mean, whoever loses this is is pretty much done, right? Well, there could be three tickets out of Iowa, or there could be two. Okay, and uh, look, and, and I've been in both situations. There won't be four or five or six. There are going to be two or three. So the first thing is anybody who's not named Trump, Haley, or DeSantis, their support is going to go to zero overnight in New Hampshire the day after the Iowa caucus. That's that I can absolutely guarantee you is going to happen, uh, or near zero. The real issue is. Is it two tickets out or three? I think if Haley comes in second, which has got to be their, you know, mission number one, if they come in second, then I think there's two tickets out. It's Trump and Haley. Uh, and DeSantis, uh, I think you see his, he becomes, you know, problematic how long, much longer he can carry his, he, he won't get out immediately and he may not fade totally to zero, but and that may be something that helps Haley if there's, uh, you know, if he's still holding some people from leaving him and going to Trump. But I think that's two tickets out. Haley goes on and wins New Hampshire. The the more so that has to be her her strategy has to be to turn out more people uh, than DeSantis. I think her thing right now there are a ton of people. When you look at uh, uh, reporters who are talking to voters out there. They're, they're actually sitting there. This is what's fascinating to me because you, people go, oh, no, no, any, no one's voting for DeSantis would vote for Haley or vice versa. When you look at what the undecided voters are telling reporters who are interviewing them, they're saying, I'm trying to decide between Nikki and DeSantis. Well, how could that be possible, right? I mean, they're, they're two totally, no, it's because they've decided they want somebody other than Trump. Joe, you mentioned there's probably two, maybe three tickets out of Iowa. I'm assuming that means we're probably going to start seeing some dropouts at this point, right? Yeah. Look, the day after Iowa, I can guarantee, you know, warn everybody, Christie and all the other candidates uh, not named Haley, DeSantis or Trump, uh, that their vote is going to sink to zero the day after Iowa, no matter what the results are. Uh, if Nikki win, you know, comes in second in Iowa, then I think there's only two tickets out. Uh, DeSantis may stay in, but you know because he can you know wallow around with enough money to hang for another state or two, but it won't matter. And you know if he tries to hang around through Florida, it won't matter by the time he gets there either. 
So, um, you know, if Haley comes in second, if she surprises with a second place finish there, then I think there's only two tech, two tickets out. And DeSantis will be joining the other candidates in that path to zero. They'll go fast to zero and he'll dwindle down. Hopefully, maybe hold on to enough votes um, that might otherwise go to Trump in New Hampshire um, to, to, to give Nikki Haley a, 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 a shot, a, a real shot, which I think she has if she comes in second in Iowa of, of defeating Trump in New Hampshire. If DeSantis ekes out, you know, stays in second, and it's just sort of status quo finish of Trump, DeSantis, and Haley in that order, then there's probably three tickets out. I mean, DeSantis can claim that he gets to go on. And I think there's still a chance that Nikki can win uh, in New Hampshire because one, she's, you know, already kind of pounding on the door a little bit there. And Christie will evaporate to zero. I suspect most of those votes will go to her. And again, DeSantis might get enough of a little boost that some of those Trump voters in New Hampshire have real questions and are starting trying to decide, you know, should I go with DeSantis or Haley looking for somebody else? He may be able to hold on to enough of those that she could still slip by Trump. It's more problematic for her. Um, I think it's really important if she can to take second in Iowa, but I have no insight into how strong her field organization, her get out the vote operation in in, uh, in Iowa is. I know DeSantis has piled, you know, thrown a ton of money at it, uh, but that seemed in the last few weeks to be falling apart with people leaving him left and right. So, you know, look, I think we could be in for a surprise in Iowa. Could be Nikki Haley takes second. And, you know, I've been through this enough to know no one's going to care what Trump's number is. He can get 51, he can get 48. No one's going to give a damn. The press is bored with the fact that he's going to win. The pundits are, the activists are, the donors know what's going to happen. The only thing we don't know is, is it DeSantis or Haley? And if the answer is Haley, you know, watch out in New Hampshire. If it's DeSantis, it still doesn't, it doesn't mean Nikki can't do it, but it just makes it tough because you got three people in there. But who knows? You see, we'll see how Trump reacts to that um, and move on from there. But that's what I, if, if you're Nikki Haley, you got to take second in, in Iowa. You have to. So is there any chance, and again, this is going into the kind of Trump world again, is there, he picked his VP so late last time, it were in 2016 rather, it, it, is there, do you think there could be discussions happening right now with one of these to hope to sway the field one way or the other, or are we too early for that? Uh, we're definitely way too early. I don't see any of them. Well, I mean, maybe DeSantis would take it as a, you know, but Again, then again, he wants, you know, his wife to be governor, you know, in, in the next cycle. Uh, it's kind of complicated with him. I don't think Nikki would at this point, particularly if she came in second, there's no way in hell uh, if I were giving her advice that I would, it'll only get, if those entreaties are going on, they'll only get uh, stronger if she takes second in Iowa and is giving him a fight in New Hampshire. So I don't think so. I think this is mostly about winnowing the field dropping everybody else down to zero. Maybe that includes DeSantis if he swings and misses and takes third in Iowa. And that would be a huge boost to Haley going into New Hampshire. With Sununu's endorsement, uh, I would still give her a real you know, leg up, uh, which is a, also the, the, the point here. You know, Sununu's a governor. Both Haley and DeSantis have been governors. 
I think if there are three tickets out, Sununu may be the thumb on the scale that gets uh, that pushes Haley over the top, even if DeSantis is you know uh, is part of the three tickets out. So let's change gears, and and we're running out of time, but. But one more, one more campaign advice. Um, I was really excited. I think at Resolute, you guys were going to try to do this idea of what a perfect campaign for Joe Biden looks like moving forward. I'm sure you guys are still going to do it. So I'm sure people will tune into that. But zoom out and give, give Joe Biden campaign, really, some advice about what they need to be doing right now from your point of view. Look, I, I think they've been doing what they need. First of all, the most important thing for a president to do is govern, right? To get the things done that they've been doing. I mean, that's what I mean. They This economy, the infrastructure bill, the things they did with on insulin, reducing the costs there, uh, the fight that they, they made to lower, to you know, as gas prices were going up to actually, you know, put pressure uh, to bring them down, you know, with, with releasing federal reserves, other things, but they, they've done what they, on that, what I think they they're getting to though, is what they need to do, which is make it a constant contrast between the Trump and the mega chaos, uh, remind people of how dangerous it is and what's at stake our democracy. There are still more Americans who believe in democracy, even if it means putting up with, you know, some policy that you don't agree with. They'll choose democracy over that fight. And particularly uh, with the Republicans who are, you know, out there uh, just doing everything they can to create, you know, some new outrage. And I'm sure they'll come up with more, but they're running out of the gas prices and inflation and the economy sucks uh, outrage. They'll have to go to the, you know, the, the, the tried and true immigration you know, I guess crime, even though crime is now clearly gone going down uh, post pandemic, it's it. You know, it, they will keep trying to do that, but I think again, all those things have to be put. It's what you fight the terrain. What terrain you fight on depends. Who, de- literally decides who wins, and the terrain we want to fight on, and Biden wants to fight on, is and the perfect campaign is one that makes this a campaign about democracy, the threat to democracy, and all of us putting party and, you know, putting country over party and joining together to protect democracy and make sure Donald Trump and the mega cult and your rights and everything else that's at stake. Uh, Again, post-Dobbs, all this is the contrast that we want to be fighting on, not the manufactured garbage that Trump will be putting out there to scare people, to make them angry, to keep them on side. And uh, uh, yeah, th- he will be able to get some b- b- basically very patriotic Americans to side with him in the insanity of taking out the democracy so that they get their way. Um, but I think there's far more of us than there are of them. I'd rather be in Joe Biden's position, Democrats and pro-democracy uh, point where the weight is coming off of all the things that have held Biden down. And it's going to be, that contrast is only going to become clearer and the danger of Trump will become clearer as well. And by the way, that was a lot of the dynamic that you and I talked about in 2022, that we thought the economy, the people back then, we thought, I did, that they were upset about the economy, but deep down, they didn't really blame Biden for it, that they they did understand that it was supply, you know, 
that different things, you know, the COVID had something to do with it, that, you know, that, that um, a lot of things had to, and that they weren't going to take it out on the, you know, on the governing party, the Democrats, particularly when put in contrast with the danger of MAGA and Trump. And I, and I think that same thing, but it'll be even more pronounced this time. That's why I think Biden was going to win, is going to win in 2024 by a, a bigger margin uh, than 2020. It's because he, the, the downside pressure, the, the weight around him is going to come, is going to be clearly off in a way that it wasn't uh, in 2022, excuse me. And uh, at the same time, the real threat and, you know, Trump talking about revenge and going after everybody and uh, more and more facts coming out and tapes of things, I think he's eroding uh, and will be weaker. So again, we, sorry to repeat myself again, but the reality is Trump can't get much higher than 46, which means, you know, and Biden has gotten to 51. I think he can get to 53, 54. Uh, Simon Rosenberg talks about getting to 55 to really crush the MAGA cult and Trump because it's going to take that kind of a searing defeat to, 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 to literally make a party wake up and, 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 and turn, something I'm not sure can happen with the Republican Party, no, no matter how bad the defeat is. But I think that means that it's the third party vote, which is the biggest threat to Biden and all of us who concerned about the democracy. And then you have sort of Trump campaign manager, Chris Lasavita, uh, just came out and said in the last week that, quote, all of the elements of the third party run are coming out of the Biden's coalition, not ours. So, you know, again, uh, leave everybody on a, you know, up note. I think things are going to be much stronger for Biden uh, and much worse for Trump and the, and the MAGA crowd. The key here and what I think Trump is depending on uh, in the general is the all the third party, the no labels, the Cornell West, the Jill Steins. That is the biggest threat to our democracy. Those are spoilers in which they are. Chris Lasavita has said it out loud. Those third party runs are coming out of the Biden coalition, which is, by the way, the pro-democracy coalition. He misnames it. It's not a Biden coalition. It's a, it's a pro-democracy coalition. It comes out of the pro-democracy coalition. And of course, it doesn't come out of the, the autocracy dictator coalition. <laughs> you know, it's, it, uh, yeah, it's like stating the obvious, but it's true. So uh, look, I think even Biden will overcome that because I think people will get the message that a vote for a third party is a vote for Trump. Uh, certainly, you and I, and uh, others in the Lincoln Project, and uh, and across the you know, uh, and Dick Gephardt and Third Way, and others are uh, move on, and others are pounding that the you know that message over and over again. Citizens to Save Our Republic is out there doing that good fight, uh, and so in, which we're both part of. So look, I think in the end, things are looking up. The economies, people are going to start feeling this economy. They're going to see the contrast. Biden campaign has taken that to them and is going to be on that contrast and fighting on that terrain the rest of the way while everything else improves and gets stronger. Uh, and I think that means the mission is, uh, you know, we got a lot of work to do. And part of that mission is to stop these third parties from helping Trump get there. Joe, on that optimistic note, that's a really good place to end today. 
Thanks, Alex. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to That Trippy Show. This podcast will always be free with support from our advertisers and is part of Resolute Square. So check out the latest at ResoluteSquare.com slash Trippy. Uh, you know, please subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe to That Trippy Show. Leave a review on Apple or wherever you listen. Um, you can always send us a question at ThatTrippyShow at gmail.com or leave us a question in a review on iTunes. Happy New Year, everyone, and we'll see you next week.